talk to enough. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Everybody, it's Dr. Homebrew. We're back. We're talking homebrew, and uh, life couldn't be any better if we tried. You know what I'm trying to say, everybody? Are we trying hard enough? I don't know, man. I don't know. I've always been taught to be satisfied with where you're at. Never think that you could get any better, uh, because then you won't be disappointed when life just shits on you. I don't know. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, I definitely plan on raising my daughter with this philosophy. (laughs) So I think it's going to be a good time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in kind of a haze here. Like, just when when Thanksgiving falls this late and it's all of a sudden just December, like right after it's done, it's just like you're, you're, we're like mere weeks away from Christmas and it's like weird. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I feel like it's. I've been waiting for December for a, a long time. Number one, because I, I like Christmas. I, I really enjoy, you know, the lights and getting the tree and doing all that fun stuff. Um, but I also just want to get my presents. Like I'm excited for that, right? Mm-hmm. But it feels like it's already been December for about a year. <laughs> yeah, and I, don't, and I think it's probably because the compressed time between um, between Thanksgiving and uh, and today at this moment in time right and now. All the rain we're having, it's just like you're just going oh, yeah. on and on and on. And like, <laughs> I oh. love that. I'm all right with that, dude. That's good. We need it. Yeah. You know what the best thing is though to me? It's because we're recording this show like December fifth or whatever that is. Fourth. We are fourth. Uh, it's th- Thanksgiving was late this year. To me, you can't start the Christmas music until it's Thanksgiving Day or after. So oh, man, I've been right. listening to nothing but Christmas music for like five days, and it's mm. just freaking awesome. It's just the <laughs> best. I, I think we started this year before Thanksgiving, just because I don't have like the traditional Christmas music, like Burl Ives kind of bullcrap. Uh, I have this like some jazz weird shit and some blues, and just like a lot of like cool, you know, yeah. different well, sort of Christmas. Because too, otherwise, man. otherwise it gets boring. It gets stale. It's like, oh, here's Rudolph Gene Autry with Rudolph <laughs> the Red Nosed Reindeer for the literal millionth time you've heard it in your entire life. And you're like, okay, I need to stop doing this, dude. No, you want you want no doubt with Oi to the World. You want some Wham's Last Christmas. Last Christmas I gave you my heart, man. Well, that that's true. But uh, what, was it, what did you say the Gwen Stefani band? The uh, No Doubt with no Oi to the World. Stop it, Brian. <laughs> oi to the punks and Oi no. to the skins and Oi to the world and everybody wins. That would annoy the shit out of me. That's such a great song, though. No, it can't be. I do know that one. <clears throat> never heard it. I was never a No Doubt boy. So even much better than like... the, van- the Vandals did it initially, and it's such a terrible version when the Vandals did it. Well, of course. No Doubt, it's just, it's kind of poppy punk, Fun. and it's great. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. They Might Be Giants have a Christmas album. Oh, hell yeah, they do. It's pretty, it's actually, I mean, it's They Might Be Giants, so what do you, yeah. it's not like amazing, but it's pretty funny every yes. once in a while. Um, okay, on the show today, we have two beers. Uh, Brian Cooper, what, what the hell are they? We have an alternative grain beer. Alternative 31A grain beer. They used some rye malt in it. So there therefore it is an alternative grain beer because they used something besides barley. 
and it's uh, an American okay. brown ale base. The other one is just a regular old plain old American IPA, your favorite. All right. Well, hey, look, we I feel like our, our luck was bound to run out <laughs> at some point because <laughs> the past few shows, we've been getting a lot of cool uh, Kolsch's and Katarina oh. Sours and all this kind of fun, funky stuff. So it, I like I'm, I'm okay with going back to, to an IPA, mainly because I drink an ounce of it, and then I'm cool with yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? It might be great. It might not be. Stay tuned and find out. So you're That's not right. wasted like usual by the end of the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get so drunk all the time, everybody. Let me tell you about it. Uh, no, Crunk. but we we have a good show for you. I'm excited to talk to uh, Stephen and Rich. We're going to get them on the phone here in just a second, but I do need to get us to a break real fast. I know we kind of just we just started the show, but uh, that's unfortunately how things work here. So give me one second, everybody. We'll be right back at the end of this break. Hang on. Examination. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging on. I told you it wouldn't be that long. No. It's easy. Easy peasy stuff. You know what I'm trying to say, guys? Before we get to our guests, I do want to thank our show sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to Five Star Chemicals and learn everything you need to know to make great beer at home, which is, you know, look, spoiler alert, it's cleaning and sanitizing. But... Well, you might not know Star Sand, or well, Star Sand is, is great too, but Five Star, they're, they're, they are the number one people in the game for cleaning and sanitizing. Star Sand, the best sanitizer on the market. PBW, the best cleaner on the market. And I use it for like my coffee roasting equipment and washing dishes every once yeah. in a while and all sorts of fun stuff. So check them out if you haven't heard about it. If your local homebrew shop does not carry their products, demand it. It's and just... if they refuse, then never go there again. Because if you're not carrying Five Star Chemicals, then you just you don't know what you're doing. I'm just going to say that right now. They're good people. They make good products. Right. Organize a picket. Go, out, go outside, demand it. Go on homebrew strike until they get five star right. chemicals. Is that a new uh, a new <laughs> podcast we're starting? Homebrew strike. Yes, yeah, coming soon yeah. in 2020 to the Brewing Network. It's where we fight. <laughs> Bare knuckle, bono yeah. a bono, three rounds in a homebrew right. cage. Uh, Steven, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining us so late where you are. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. So we have a an alternative grain beer. Oh. What's that? No. No? Yes. Yes. Brian, why are oh. you confusing me? Yeah, he's got the... Uh, you're right. Yeah. See? I'm right, Stephen. We've we're, been drinking beer. We know so what we're doing here. And confused. I wrote the wrong name on the wrong sheet. <laughs> uh, it's Brian's mistake. I got it. So do me a favor, man. Tell me a little bit about this beer. Uh, what, what is an alternative grain beer? What did you do here? So it's uh, it's a American brown ale made with uh, some rye malt, some chocolate rye, and some crystal rye. Why? Well, I didn't wow. I didn't know that there were that many versions of of rye malt. Well, you can malt it. So I you really can do. do similar things to it that you do with barley malt. You can make you can make a crystal version. Okay. Of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Is that something you yeah. you, you you bought commercially, or or did you do this on your own? No, something I bought commercially. Um, I heard about it, and I wanted to try it out, so... Okay. I figured, why not? <laughs> yeah, what the hell not? And were you satisfied with it? I haven't had it yet, so uh, yeah, I don't I'm know. Pretty, okay. I'm pretty happy with it. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Is that something you're going to be uh, doing in the future? Uh, yeah, I think I might tweak it a little bit with some of maybe some of your advice and uh, 
I was also curious about the category I should put it in. I'm not sure if it should just go in the American brown ale category or mm -hmm. if it should stay in the alternative green category. That is always a good question, man. <laughs> we, we will answer that for you. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. We're going to crack open this uh, fresh bottle here in just a second. Is this a, this is the dump, right? That's the same beer, but it's beers has been sitting there uh, for a while. Yeah, for sure. So, because I was a little confused, because because when uh, we said alternative grain, I didn't know what what that meant. But it just means it just means rye malt. It, you, there's no two row in it or pilsner or anything, right? No. Well, there it, it can. Oh. Yeah. yeah what well, well, Yeah, the base. The base is Marisada. Oh, okay. It just has to have it in there. Yeah. Not. Ah. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, you can make uh, beers that are entirely, uh, you know. Um, yeah, so it's it's just a, it's, it's a brown ale with rye. Yeah. And this alternative grain thing threw me, Brian. I know. It's so. I know. What the hell's wrong with you? All right. Let's uh, drink this, Brian Cooper. Why don't you start us off here with uh, Stevens uh, Brown Ale with American. rye malt, please? Okay. Uh, in the nose. Um, so we well we open it had a slightly low fill on that last bottle I just opened we we poured the first bottle all the way out and we noticed a little sediment coming out the neck and sticking to the sides there I don't it might might, might be a uh, bottle conditioned beer or it might be a uh, you know something that has some some sediment of some sort in there uh, that's sticking around in the bottle but uh, in the nose I'm getting a chocolatey and a light biscuity malt aroma um, dominates the nose a medium resiny citrusy hop below that and some medium low fruity esters <clears throat> i do get some kind of grainy malt notes supporting indicating maybe the rye in there but it's not a super spicy nose uh and different people might pick up rye different ways it's uh it's going to express itself a little differently and, and uh play off the other ingredients that are there so uh the beer seems clean i'm not getting any dms or diacetyl or any um acid aldehyde in the nose um also it's a bit um uh, there's a bit of nuttiness in there too in the malt so it's a pretty complex nose and, and that's nice i like that a lot <clears throat> appearance wise it's moderately murky honestly uh kind of an orangey brown orangey medium brown colored beer with a very long lasting creamy and cream colored head some light lacing uh you know no legs it doesn't seem like it's a super strong beer but uh, the head sticks around nicely i really like that uh just had to knock it down a point for the the murkiness this could be clarified a little bit better and then it might also change some things in um in the, the flavor especially but uh into the flavor get a pleasant maltiness uh, notes very similar to the aroma mostly chocolate some biscuit um there's a little bit of light kind of caramelly sweet uh, uh sweetness in there too um there's a substantial resiny hop alongside that uh the bitterness is medium it's just restrained enough that it's not biting into the uh the malt there too badly it's it's a pretty good spot um dry grainy rye notes are apparent here kind of medium low but you can you can get that dry, dry kind of you know chalky grainy rye uh thing <laughs> Um, I don't always get it as a spiciness, but I've made some rye beers before, and, and, it, it, and they do have this kind of character to them. Uh, we'll talk about you know, how much percentage you put in there later, but you know, if you get up to 15%, 20%, sometimes you can get a substantial kind of spiciness in there, but it's not really spicy. Um, it's just adding some richness, and I, I like that. Um, clean ale fermentation. Uh, it finishes medium dry. 
the balance is just slightly to the malt here uh, but but you know substantially hoppy and that's fine uh, it's, it's a clean beer um, enjoy the flavor quite a bit uh, mouthfeel wise it's medium full bodied with a fairly smooth mouth mouthfeel um, although there, there does seem to be a little bit of a stringency there um, nothing super biting to me but um, it's just a little edge there uh, no obvious warmth uh, it is somewhat creamy and, and mouth filling and um, the medium carbonation in there but yeah there's a just a slight little bite in there that was like oh okay there's you know a little something going on in the mouthfeel but uh, overall I'd say it's a very very well brewed American brown ale with, with good use of the rye malt um, it's adding some complexity here you know some graininess some might get it as a lightly spicy note but just kind of that mouth filling um, and and uh, dry grainy note to me so um, it does it does give a, a aid in the fullness of the mouthfeel mm-hmm. um, and it's to a point where it's not overpowering the base style here either so I get it and uh, you know to the question of wow should I declare it as a alternative green beer I think I would just judge this just fine as an American brown ale I wouldn't get like oh boy this guy screwed up he really should have entered it in alternative grain beer you know as opposed to the other way around someone entered you know, right well is it there is it not there it's not there's so much else going on in the beer and it it accents the style nicely so you know hops are a bit on the high end for the style uh, kind of like a Janice Brown uh, but it's tasty for what it is pun intended uh, try to improve uh, the uh, I get clarity it. here. Uh, perhaps back off on the hops just a touch, uh, but I'd say the rye is pretty good where it's at. I don't know if I'd go much north of that. Uh, and some of the other little bitingness issues or something, uh, you know, I don't know if the astringency could come from oversparging a little bit. Um, but there's also some, you know, if there's any odd flavors in there, uh, I don't know. What, Brian will have some other things to say about it, maybe, but uh, it could be coming from the uh, the yeast in there, and I think it would taste a little different and maybe cleaner without that in there. So. That would improve the beer as well. Um, I give it a, I give it a thirty-six. I thought it was actually a very good beer. Um, you know, generally within the style parameters, and yeah. and able to be judged as a as an alternative grain beer, uh, and give it a fair shake for that. So you know, I hope that that helps, and and we'll love to talk about your recipe too. So. Awesome. All right, Brian Shar, go ahead, please. All right, before I get into my score sheet, quick question, Stephen, uh, are you in a homebrew club? I am the East Bay Homebrew Club here in Rhode Island. Which uh, which bay are you east of? Uh, Narragansett Bay. It's the only bay we have. Oh, so you're out in that's in Rhode Island. It is. Yes. Yep. Oh, wonderful! But maybe I met you at Homebrew in Cup. Providence. There. Yeah, I walked down to that yeah, bay. Yeah, we were at Homebrew Cup. Yeah, that's a nice <laughs> bay. I walked down there. I saw there's like windmills across the bay. You can like just yeah. and uh, some really cool old kind of Cape Cod looking houses down and and uh, I had a good enjoyable walk the, the first morning I was there. Yeah, it's a really pretty place. Yeah, a, Thanks for hosting us this is. year, that area. And you guys you guys had some really wow. fun clubs at, at club night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a good time. It was my first homebrew con, so awesome. fun. All right, so uh, just a uh, spoiler alert. I thought this beer was very good also. Um, aroma, uh, Brian talked about how this was uh, a beer with a nutty aroma. I thought it came across to me like a low to medium peanut butter. Which I thought was really fascinating. I, I liked huh, it. Peanut butter, okay. Yeah, and this yeah. is not to say not to say I don't like it. I, I liked it, uh, but I thought it was really interesting that it had like a real to me P 
peanut butter nuttiness without having peanuts in it. We get into your recipe, but I'll, I'll ask you, did you put peanuts in this at all? No, I did not. No yeah, peanuts. I didn't, I didn't think so. Uh, but that, that was just really kind of a cool, cool thing. Uh, Any other kind of nuts? <laughs> no nuts at all in this beer. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, one as, as a brief aside, one member of my homebrew club, he knows who he is, always jokes, quote, and I always kind of wonder, because I think he's he claims he's a nudist, and he claims he likes to dip the sack in just a little bit, but I'm just thinking that's going to be dangerous at the best of times, uh, and just completely unsanitary at worst, and I hope that's just an uh, urban uh, legend that he spreads. Uh, spicy rye, excuse me, spicy rye, I get it kind of a, a medium level. It's definitely noticeable in the aroma. Uh, kind of a low to medium hop aroma that, to me, is also spicy. And, and I think it blends really well with the rye spice character. Uh, don't get any diacetyl or off aromas. Uh, give that a 9 of 12 for aroma. Appearance, it's medium to dark brown. Hey, it's an American brown. It's the color it's supposed to be. Uh, light brown head. It's tall and persistent. Head's great. Uh, it's a little... even. Even in a darker beer, you can tell this is murky from the yeast. The second bottle, so we're, we're drinking from a second bottle right now. It's not quite as yeasty. The first bottle, toward the end, I mean, there was obvious yeast along the entire side of the bottle from pouring that out. Well, and it was Yeah, I poured this one for you, so I was much more careful than you were. Well, exactly. You're just a more thorough and careful person, <laughs> Brian. That's why your malpractice insurance premiums are so much less than mine. Uh, Dr. Homebrew Mutual, that was bastards are just just killing me this year uh, but there, there, to me i got like a yeasty murkiness to this this beer uh and we'll, we'll chat later about packaging i wonder if this maybe was either something that came from the bottom of a keg or maybe was uh, uh bottle conditioned uh in in some way but there's a little little overly yeasty so i gave this two out of three for appearance flavor flavor starts off with uh, dark malt definitely chocolate focused uh, kind of some uh, characteristic rice spice. Uh, and the rice spice comes across maybe a little too intense for me. Uh, get a low yeast flavor, uh, low hot bitterness. I didn't perceive the hot bitterness as high as, as Brian did in this beer. I would call it more medium to low. Uh, sort of a low to medium spicy hop flavor. Uh, it's well attenuated. Uh, to me, I thought the balance was toward the malt. Uh, finish was long and malty. Uh the the yeast flavor uh, kind of carries over into the mouth feel. It's not really a, a, in, in terms of the, the the flavor here, but I gave the flavor ten out of twenty. Uh, mouth feel four out of five. There, I like Brian. I got a slight astringency out of this, and it was hard for me to tell if that was really astringency or just the spiciness from the rye or perhaps both. But it did come across to me as overly astringent, uh, and that also to me might be the yeast. Right, there's enough yeast in this beer that you can get what's called like yeast bite, where the yeast gives you a perceived astringency. Uh, I, I kind of attribute the astringency in this beer more to the yeast than anything else. That's that's just me. Uh, slight warming, which is fine. Medium body, uh, low carbonation. Could have been a little higher. Didn't think this beer was either creamy or like perky slash any you know, overly carbonated. Uh, but it was you know mouthfeel was. I was probably a little generous. I probably should have maybe given this more like a three out of five, but you know, four out of five was was fine. Overall impression was a seven. I really like this idea. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of taking the rye malt, which has more of a spicy character to it, 
and coupling it with hops that are more on the spicy side. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a good thought process, and I, I really like the concept. Um, I think there might be a little, either a little too much rye as a percentage, and I'll be curious to hear what the percentages are, uh, or maybe just a little bit too yeasty uh, as far as making this seem maybe a little too spicy or a little, little harsh. Uh, next time, uh, would try to either back off on the rye a little or do fermentation and packaging in a way that keeps so much yeast from being being in the bottle. But overall, I gave this 32 uh, out of 50. Uh, very good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and it's uh, it's a good beer. So thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, uh, I, I tend to agree. So let's talk real fast about the yeasty thing, especially because both guys hit on that. Um, is this bottle condition, Stephen? Those bottles are bottle condition, yes. Okay. Yep. I uh, I bottled the six packs off before I put it in a keg. And okay. I used uh, the carbonation tabs to cool. do that with. Hmm. How, how long was your fermentation? Uh, three weeks, roughly. Okay, so plenty plenty of time for yeast to settle out. When you uh, when you pack when you bottled uh, these six to send, did you use like a siphon? No, I used a uh, bottle filler off of. I have uh, fermentation with the spigot on the bottom. You know, fermenter. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. so essentially, you, you kind of you, you probably pulled a lot of yeast off the bottom when you used that spigot. Then, probably, yeah. Okay, so that that would explain a lot, and I. You know, it's if, if packaging is always so difficult. It's mm-hmm. always the bane of my home brewing. I hate it. It's just, it's not always a lot. Of, in fact, we were discussing before the show. I was going to bring a beer, but I had keg issues. <laughs> right. Um, so I, let's not get into me being a whiny little bitch before the show about my my keg problems. I'll read you uh, the text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, we'll do a dramatic do reading. I was a salty little bitch before the show about my my kegging issues. Um, I mean, Brian almost had himself some new two and a half gallon kegs uh, next time we recorded. Um, but you know, the thing when you when you're packaging into bottles from the fermenter, that spigot is great, but it's right there at the bottom. Depending, I mean, I'm not familiar. I don't know your exact setup, but a lot of times that's right there at the top of that layer of yeast, or even kind of in the middle of a layer of yeast. So if you fill from that spigot. You're really getting a lot more yeast into the bottle than ideally you would want, and as much as the siphon right. is a pain in the ass, and I, I hate it. I mean, I have like I have the nice metal one, I have the old plastic one. You know, they're both I mean, the, the, the the metal one is easier to sanitize. They can both be a hassle, uh, and if you're trying to do individual bottles, I mean, you, you got to put a cookie sheet out. You're going to have beer going places, and but it's it sucks. Uh, but it's worth using the siphon to kind of hold it up, kind of midway up into that fermenter, mm-hmm. so you're spaced a- apart from that yeast cake, so you're not pulling a bunch of yeast into your your bottles. Right. So that that to me explains why we had a lot of yeast character in this beer. Frankly, I think you probably would have scored. Uh, in my opinion, I, Brian, I'm curious what you have to say. I think you'd have scored five, six points higher in this beer if that had been how you'd package this. Yeah, balance wise, it was really nice and otherwise yeah. very clean. So yeah, that was one of the main, the only gripes. What what was your uh, recipe with all those interesting malts? Yeah, so it's uh, ten pounds of Maris Otter, two pounds of rye malt, ten ounces of chocolate rye, mm. eight ounces of crystal rye, and then eight ounces of brown malt. 
This is a malt though. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I made a uh, uh, like That's a Janice bad. Brown with uh, <laughs> with chocolate rye malt instead of the chocolate malt, and it tasted very similar to this. I really liked it. And that, what hops did you use? I, yeah. I like the resiny hop you got in there. Yeah, so uh, a third of an ounce of Hercules at 60 minutes. Hercules? And then Hercules, yes. And then um, one ounce of Centennial at 15 minutes, and one ounce of Centennial at five minutes mm-hmm. was the hop, though. Good. Yeah, kind of classic yeah. American hop. Yeah, I mean, it definitely... That's one of my favorite hops, so... Mm-hmm. There's definitely the, a, a spiciness, and I've, I've heard people sort of go back and forth between rye actually having a spicy character or or not. I don't know if I've ever had a beer with this much rye in it to definitively say, yeah, I mean, there's 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 something there for sure. Um, I think like what Char was saying, it, it could be a lot of the yeast bite is coming through, because it is a sort of a chalky, yeasty kind of a thing. Yeah, I think this um, is more than 20% rye malts in there if you add it up, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was more like yeah, 30 or 40%. Yeah. It, I, I think the, the the balance is great. I think the recipe is, is a, it's a good recipe for just throwing it together just to try it out. I mean, that's, I think you have the yeah. ratios pretty pretty good. To now, be rye, rye is a huskless malt with a lot of uh, beta-glucan content in it. Did you have any trouble sparging? Did it get, or did you use rice holes or something to counteract that? No, so uh, I actually did this one brew in a bag, oh, so cool. I didn't have okay. any issues. No wow. issues. Excellent. Nice. Yank it out. Done. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to say, yep. I'm going to express what might be kind of an unpopular opinion. I can taste the brown malt. Brown malt is, I, I don't like it. It's a mm-hmm. personal preference. I think that brown malt really is almost overpowering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in that big grain bill, I get like a, now that he's said it, like, wow, okay, there's a little bit of background unpleasantness I didn't like that I would almost attribute to that that brown malt. I wonder if it's uh, amplified with the yeast. It could be. Yeah. It could be. Because uh, if mean, you have too much brown malt, it can almost be acidic or uh, or um, sharp. Yeah, you get like, yeah. like a tire rubber soy sauce, almost like a... Uh, uh, a tall, a tautalized yeast mm, yeah. from brown malt, and that's I mean, that's just me. That's my palate. You know, take you know, take that for what it's worth, which is just one guy's. Opinion. Yeah, yeah, but if but it, yeah, so then I'm saying if there's yeast in suspension and you have that flavor, yeah. it's going to be compounded, right? Yeah, I, I, I think so, and I think you should be really careful with brown malt. I would even consider backing that off, maybe to four ounces. You know, it's it's really mm-hmm. strong. That flavor, it's like special B. A little to me, a little bit of that malt goes a long, long, long way. Sure, there's plenty of malt complexity here. I I, I liked it myself. So yeah, yeah. Stephen, what about you, man? Do you have any comments or questions or concerns about the, whatever the guys just told uh, you? Not really. I think I agree with the packaging situation. Mm-hmm. It's just bottling is just such a pain in the ass. How does <laughs> it taste yeah. um, out of the yeah. keg? Is, is nice and clear and tastes. Uh, what, can you describe any differences to what we're kind of describing? Uh, I do. No, I'm drinking some out of the keg right now, and yeah. I do get a little bit of that astringent type flavor you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And even out of the keg, it's it is still a little murky. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Murky with a little bite. What uh, what kind of yeast did you yeah. use? Did you did you say? And I just didn't listen. No, I didn't. I didn't say. Um, Imperial Darkness, huh. which I believe is the Irish ale yeast strain. Okay, I am not familiar with that, so I don't know if that's one that doesn't settle out as much. But uh, that's possible. It, it, yeah, it, could, it could be that that's just not a very high attenuating or a flocculating yeast. I mean, it was well attenuating. 
It may not be one that settles on a suspension real well. Uh, so you might right. want to try a different yeast next time that uh, might be of whatever brand you're, if you choose, whether it's Imperial or something else, you might just double check on the, the flocculation uh, uh, right. of the yeast. Be sure you get like a high flock yeast that will settle out after a week or two. Yeah, it's interesting that they're marketing a you know the the yeast strain for dark ales, calling it darkness literally, and, and uh, marketing <laughs> right. towards uh, you know be, making good balanced dark beers. Yeah, um, right, right. Cool. Well, I've used it in some stouts and stuff and had good luck with it. But. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Yeah. Cool. The the well, ferment seemed clean. Well, Stephen, if uh, if that's it, we'll let you we'll let you go to bed, man. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, and they, wait, <laughs> so, real quick, you guys were the guys that won that yeah. Melvin's Boil Rumble contest, weren't you, your club? Yes. Yeah, congrats on that, yeah. man. Yeah. It was fun partying yeah, with you guys. We're actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're having the uh, the uh, final party this weekend, this Friday, oh, here nice. in Providence. So. Cool. Well, yeah. enjoy it. You guys earned it. And, uh, yeah, it was fun, uh, fun being a, one of the guys that got to judge that thing, so... Yeah, awesome. Congrats. Yeah, well, well done, Thank man. you very much. All right. Thanks, All right. Steven. Bye-bye. All right, guys. All right, bye. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it was funky beer, man. It's Interesting. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it as well, man. It was, uh, yeah, if we, if we just if we could just clean up that yeast character, mm-hmm. I would uh, I would really appreciate it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Excuse me. All right. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back. And we're going to get someone else on the phone with another beer, and we're going to basically just do the same thing we did, but to somebody else. So hang on. <laughs> this Dr. Homebrew will be right bastard. back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. 
All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. I got to get old Richard on the phone here. Am I even looking at the right He's guy? Up. There he is. He's on one. our coast, so he'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh, yeah. There he is right there. Good. You better be, dude. I don't I don't want any of this tired bullshit, dude. You can't be tired when you come on my show. You know what I'm trying to say? There's no, there's no sleep. There's no tiredness. I'm the only one who's tired on this show. Nobody else gets to be tired. No, no one else. Uh-uh. Now, we've had Rich on before a couple months true. Or so ago, I think. Rich, are you there? What's, hello, this is Rich. Hey, hello. what's hello, going on, Rich? Hey, not too much. Hanging out, waiting for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. hey, man, that happens. You know what I mean? He decided seeing, to come. Seeing how the, what the verdict is. Come on in December when, when we know your beer won't be delivered in 100-degree uh, weather. Is that the MO here? Yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> so, Rich, you sent us in a uh, an IPA. Yes. All right. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take a wild guess that this is not your first IPA you've ever brewed. It is not. <laughs> is this uh, a recipe that you that you do often? And you want some feedback, or are you just trying something new, or what's what? What's, yeah, no, what's this, this is uh, yeah. I, I've 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 brewed this a few times, um, and never really had uh, high caliber feedback, other than uh, you know friends sitting around drinking and saying this is a pretty good IPA. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Well, you're not going to get high cal- high caliber feedback here either. Might so. give you some forty caliber <laughs> feedback. <laughs> that's right. Ouch. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's a little aggressive. Some twenty two caliber feedback. Yeah, not that's, nothing that's not high quite caliber. As bad. That'll yeah. just piss him off. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we are more than happy to drink your IPA. Thanks a lot for sending us beer. Um, couldn't do the yeah. show without you, man. But Brian Char, Bubba Brian Char, Bubba Bubba Bubba. All right. Uh, so first off, uh, let me ask you the question I always ask. Are you in a homebrew club? I am not. I'm a lone wolf. You are a lone wolf. Probably on a watch list somewhere. All right. That's good to know. So probably we are now, too. Uh, aroma. Uh, citrus hop aroma is very strong and very pleasant. Uh, got low malt aroma, kind of a, a, to me, kind of a base malt, two-row type of character. Uh, citrus is on the, or- on the orange side of the citrus spectrum. Some grassiness, but in a pleasant way that's kind of indicative of dry hopping. No diacetyl or off aromas. Uh, give it 10 for aroma. Appearance, 3 out of 3. Very clear. Uh, not crystal clear, but very clear. There's a slight haze, which especially in a beer that's uh, this bitter uh, and probably was dry hopped. I'm looking forward to find that, finding out if I'm correct. Uh, that kind of slight haze is, is pretty standard and, and just hard to get away from. Uh, color's golden. The head is heroically large and ivory-colored. Uh, it's persistent. Uh, well done. Uh, flavor. Initial flavor is citrus hop uh, and low base malt, uh, followed by high hop bitterness. Uh, citrus uh, hop flavor is also high. Uh, finish is long and bitter. It's well attenuated. Uh Almost, you know, there's maybe a hint of additional attenuation that could have happened, and maybe a hint of a honey character, uh, which Brian and I were discussing whether that might be a little oxidation or perhaps maybe not quite full attenuation. Uh, but I thought it was still, if it's it's well attenuated to the point where it's at least like ninety plus percent uh, done, if not all the way. Uh, balance is definitely toward hop flavor and bitterness. Uh, it's hop-focused without being hop water. I gave this 13 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Body's medium. 
Uh, carbonation's low. I I kind of was on the fence about giving this possibly a four out of five. Just carbonation was lower than I would have liked, uh, which is always kind of fascinating to me when you have a really huge head on a beer and low carbonation. It's like sometimes the carbonation just all rushes out at once to form head, uh, and sometimes it doesn't. There's a doctoral thesis in there for someone that knows what they're doing. That was not me. Uh, it's definitely warming, neither creamy nor astringent. Again, five out of five. Overall impression, uh, eight. Thought it was a well-done example of uh, an American IPA, which how fast things change. When the guidelines, the most recent guidelines were out, this was an American IPA. Now this is what we'd probably call a West Coast IPA in 2019. Uh, it's definitely hot bitterness, uh, hop flavor focused uh, and clear uh, without being some kind of big haze bomb. Uh, maybe could be slightly more uh, attenuated and possibly a hint more malt character. But I do think overall there's enough malt character in here to keep this from being hop water. Right? The, the classic knock on the uh, home-brewed IPAs 15 years ago was that there was so much, so, so much hop bitterness, so much hop flavor, no malt character. It was just kind of unpleasantly harsh, like you're just drinking hop water with no malt. And there's, there's definitely malt in here. Yeah. If I were adjusting the malt bill, it might be just a, a little bit. Like you're talking 10, 15 percent, uh, uh, not, not like a huge change here. But I thought really an excellent example of what an American IPA should be. I gave this 39 overall, so uh, well done, and thank you for taking us back to the heyday of uh, West Coast uh, slash uh, real American IPA. Yeah, thank you. All right, Brian Cooper. That's great. I appreciate it. I had to look up today what the difference between an American IPA and a West Coast IPA. I was kind of stressing stressing that I had it classified wrong. No, no, (laughs) the difference is about four years. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we had a good a good fill and a uh, nice hiss upon opening the bottle. I really liked the aroma in this beer. It had a high, pleasant. Um, I got kind of perfumey and resiny, tropical hop character up front. It's just bright and and clean and medium high fruity esters. It's a pretty fruity beer. A clean ale impression with a low bready, cakey base malt in there. But a little, you know, you can tell there's some malt there, a little bit of complexity, but not intense. Uh, no DMS or diastole. It seems like it's very cleanly fermented there. So good job in the aroma. Uh, medium golden colored beer with fairly good clarity, as Brian said. Pours on medium whitish head that, that sticks around quite well. Um, uh, finer and some medium sized bubbles in the foam stand, uh, but it just stays around f- forever there. And, uh, you know, Hops will do that sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. That kind of head. Just, and uh, clings to the edges of the glass. Um, beautiful. So uh, flavor-wise, hops, to me, and the flavor just came across a little more sharply and, and uh, coarse-seeming than in the aroma, but with similar characters. Um, there's something that's just a little grassy and biting here, and and it is it is substantially bitter. Um Bitterness, yeah, just it, it, it's high, and I guess it's supposed to be high for an IPA if you read the guidelines. So <laughs> right. I shouldn't be bitching about this, yeah. but um, it just pushed against the balance a little bit to me. And the the finish is dry and kind of minerally in a way. If you did some water treatment, it'd be interesting to talk about that. Um, you know, the, the, it should have a dry finish, but uh, something kind of chalky in there, maybe. Um, 
I I was trying to dig at what I got, and I think I like this second sample a little bit better. I thought I got kind of a lightly stale bread-like character uh, that, that would hint at some oxidation, um, but this sample seems a little cleaner to me. It's just there's something a little odd to it that I'm tr- I'm kind of grasping at and trying to dig at what it is. Um, I get like a just, sort any, of a fresh honey. Honey? Like honeysuckle yeah. or, or really going fr- towards, like fresh honey, not yeah. oxidized or yeah, old not or whatever, right? Papery, cardboardy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, not 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 honey in a good good way. Um, not honey in an unpleasant way, but you know, like like yeah. like you open a fresh thing mm-hmm. of like wildflower honey. So yeah, um, or or uh, a honeysuckle, which I know is not honey, but it's along the same lines of that sort of a flowery, fragrant kind of honey thing. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it's from. I have no idea. Uh, I've lost that part of my brain somehow. But yeah, it could be something too with the fruitiness. Uh, it is a pretty estery beer, kind of combined with yeah. The, it could be yeast character and hops, and maybe something fermentation wise. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm thinking it's like okay. kind of an orangey uh, ester, kind of playing off the malt that's there mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, definitely balanced mm-hmm. to the hops though, as an IPA should be. Yeah, and they really linger into the aftertaste there. So. Pretty pretty nice um, flavor, but it just kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop, and I was kind of grasping at what was going on there. Uh, mouthfeel wise, I thought it was pretty pretty decent for what for the style, medium bodied, no obvious warmth, uh, not astringent, uh, a little bit of hop bite possibly. Uh, you know, not not really creamy, just a nice dry again with the dry finish, and to me, medium carbonation. It, it stuck around pretty well, uh, pushing up that head. Uh, it didn't just fall flat and and stay gone. You can rouse it pretty easily. Um, so it's a very pleasant smelling IPA. It just to me, it felt a little bit flat in flavor, just too grassy and and, and a little bit biting in the mouthfeel as well, with a little bit of harsh hop bitterness. Um, mm. you know, I, I would just back off the bittering hops just a touch, especially for the kind of the modern interpretation of IPAs. Um, be, be a little careful keeping the O2 out after fermentation, of course, too, and um, that you know, malt can go from clean malt to honey-like to to papery pretty quickly if you get just a little bit of oxy- oxygen in there. And uh, super hoppy beers don't <laughs> don't always age as well either. So you know, drink it fresh, and and that'll help you. I, I we probably had these bottles for a little while, but well, maybe not too long. But what's interesting, um, Brian, is the second bottle. I got more of that honey and honeysuckle and that, like, mm-hmm. low oxidation from that than the first bottle. Mm-hmm. And that's just weird. You know, it's just that weird when you bottle. Like, the, there can be a bottle-to-bottle variance of, you know, headspace or whatever. I did uh, get some variation. You want to try the third one? I did get. Sure. You got uh, it. But I did think I got a little more of the honey, and I got more malt in the second uh, one uh, than I did in the first one. We're just going to keep drinking your beer here. Um, but yeah, maybe, I, w- I wish I had left myself one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Recap that thing. We'll send it back to him. Um, no, but it, maybe I'm just not used to the, you know, as much to the classic IPAs anymore. I, I drank a lot of them in the 90s, I'll say, but uh, <laughs> in, the, in the 2000s. Yeah, I tried to, I tried to moderate that um, because, yeah, the original recipe was, for my own taste, a little bit over the top. And so I, 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 uh, I kept the, the amount of bittering hop the same, and, you know, it was Columbus, but I, I went with 30 minutes as opposed to 60. Yeah. I will say the carbonation in this is a lot better. Like, when you taste it, it's there's actually, like, a firm carbonation to this bottle, to the third bottle. Yeah, the third bottle is more, to me, like the first bottle. I don't get as much honey as the second bottle. Mm. Mm. 
Well, let's talk about uh, your packaging. Oh. How do you carbonate? Are we done with the? What? I just I gave it a well, thirty-four, so okay. I thought it was a. It's a very good beer, and uh, yeah, just use a little dialing in, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I get in the third Doing bottle that things. I didn't get in the other two? A little chlorophenol. Yeah. Mm. I get a little band aid in this one that was not in the first two. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> well, you know, at least uh, at least your your, not, your wound is covered. It's, it's super what, light if it is there. Yeah. What uh, what's your bottling process like? Your carbonation. Let's go through all well, that, and then we'll do the recipe and all the normal shit we do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the um, the carbonation is force force carb. Um, so. Um, and your and I, I I bottle with um, uh, a Blickman beer gun. Okay. So it should hopefully keep it down oxidation down a little bit. And I did do a um, I tried to do a um, a uh, oxygen free transfer on this one, so I I didn't and trying to trying to use transfer methods from my uh, from my uh, fermenter to the uh, my yeah. corny keg. Purging the um, lines and stuff. Yeah. You know yeah. what? What is interesting is that it, it does feel like the carbonation just sort of gets into the head, and as the head fades, the carbonation's gone because it sort of mouthfeel wise tastes like the second bottle did. Yeah. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. not. It's it's just it's like all the carbonation leaves. <laughs> it's <got> all these <laughs> kind of the pinpoint bubbles huh. that rise and just yeah. I wonder why that is. Huh. I said, I swear there's a doctoral thesis in that for someone. Why why do some beers have all the carbonation seem to like rush into the head and then have low carb and others yeah. don't? And I, I there's some kind of fluid dynamics surface tension thing going on that no Hop one really oil understands. Or something, Hop oil, yeah. viscosity, there's a lot of variables hmm. and I think nobody really understands why that is. That's weird. Should I shoot this past, uh, should I shoot this past Palmer? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, oils would tend to pull, you know, car- carbonation out yeah. of the beer and uh, make it fall fall flat sooner. But with the the proteins and everything in the head, you know, there's obviously some something that's holding up this yeah. long lasting head here. So that's definitely weird. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about your recipe real fast. Let's do that. All right. So um, yeah, I got about a forty percent um, uh, pale two row. And um, I've got 40% Maris Otter. So there's where you're probably getting a little bit of your malt flavor. And I have 10% uh, Vienna. Hmm. Okay. Always a nice choice. Yeah, and and one pound of just a little bit of dark Munich in there. Threw that in for fun of it. So, and then my my bittering hop is, uh, I'm sorry. You said dark Munich? Yeah. Yeah, I put a pound of dark Hmm. Munich in there. Wow. Nice. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it does a nice job of giving you a little more color without making it dark. And it really improves. It makes this uh, golden rather than just like a strong mm-hmm. colored IPA, which is sort of that mm-hmm. mid nineties, early two thousands American IPA color. You know, without the yeah crystal malt heavy weird. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> okay. All right. So then my. Um, my bittering hop was um, a Columbus, and um, I also used that in uh, uh, my dry hop as well. Um, I, I've got some uh, cryo citra, um, hmm. not 
Oh, let's see. What did I have that? I have, well, I had regular Citra, half ounce of that at 15 minutes, half ounce of Centennial at 15 minutes. Mm. Um, and then I had one at, at Flame Out as well, a little bit of Centennial at Flame Out. Um, and then I went uh, for the dry hops. Um, I did a dry hop at three days with uh, some Cryo Citra, some Cryo Simcoe. And, uh, yeah, I, I, my dry hopping was a lot of uh, Citra and Simcoe. Mm-hmm. Nice. A lot okay. of classic C hops and a lot of classic hops overall. There. Yeah, and an S hop in there. And the S hop. Okay, well, I mean, it sounds pretty straightforward to me. What did um, you do with your water or anything? There you go. You know, my water, um, so I use RO water. Okay. And um, I put a quarter teaspoon of, uh, um, of uh, well, let's see. Yeah, so three three grams of uh, ca- calcium sulfate to two grams of calcium chloride. Okay. So I treat my RO water with that, and then I put a um, a quarter teaspoon of phosphoric acid in there as well. Yeah. Um, and then my um, my yeast is a Barbarian in Imperial Organic. Okay. Oh wow. Uh, or I did a. Let's see, I can't remember. No, I didn't do a yeast starter. All right. Well, well, it doesn't seem to have to have hurt. I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I like. I'm always a fan of doing a yeast starter, even with the larger pitches and the newer yeast companies. But that's kind of the thing with Imperial, right? You're supposed to be able to get this like canned, like a 12 ounce can of yeast, and just dump the whole thing into your wort, right? Yeah, it's like 200 billion cells in in one of those little packets they have now. And, yeah. But I usually do a yeast starter, too, and I, I got in a hurry. And so it sounds like maybe that may have had something to do with what you referred to as under-attenuation. Maybe. Well, that's the, that's the thing is it was such... I thought in general, if it wasn't well attenuated, it was really close. Mm-hmm. And kind of what mm-hmm. Brian and I were discussing was, is that kind of... Is it fully attenuated and maybe a little oxidized to give kind of that little honey flavor? Or is it maybe just almost like 97, 95% attenuated? There's a little bit of residual sugar. And I'm starting to fall on the the on the spectrum of this just not, you know, this being fully attenuated but a little oxidized. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, I think that you know, ordinarily I would say you know do do the starter, and I still would. But in this case, it doesn't seem to have hurt you. Yeah, okay. it'll always help, though. <laughs> <You know. laughs> now, so the honey, um, the honey flavor, because that seemed prominent in all of your assessments. Yeah. Um, now I did use I did use a half a pound of melanoidin malt. Would that have done any added any of that character? I didn't I hear that know. in your recipe. <laughs> Rich, you just with that, that one in. I, I didn't hear that in your recipe. No, I I, I omitted that. You omitted but, it. Yeah, weird. I had a half a, you were too half embarrassed to say. You liar, well. Rich, the liar on the phone with us, yeah, everybody. Yeah. I now, missed that little detail. It's a cheap malt. That's why. <laughs> that's let's, right. let's give Rich a safe space to come out and talk about his melanoidin malt. Everyone feels safe discussing this. I swear that's it. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Would that is is that a thing? I mean, half was it half a pound? You said. I would get more like. 
Bach like kind of characteristics from if you used a mm. lot of that, you know, then like honey or anything like. Really yeah, I, I agree yeah. with Brian. That's I, I'm not really getting a lot of flavor contribution kind of from that. Maillard products, you know, yeah, not not honey. Yeah, bread crust like complexity or a little bit, but yeah, yeah. no, or German. I don't, style. I don't yeah. think it helped you or hurt you. I don't think it's really noticeable. You can leave it out. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Leave it out next time. See what happens. Yeah. That's yeah, the only way to figure it out, yeah. Sometimes the simpler recipe is the better one. Yep. Yeah. All right, Rich. Well, uh, we'll let you go, man, but I appreciate you sitting in uh, beer when it's uh, not 96 degrees on my porch. Mm. Yeah, no, I am I, I am <laughs> curious if, if, uh, if uh, you guys had another taste of the... The, the Vienna malt. I know you're not going to review that on the air, but uh, for the Vienna um, lager. I don't think we had any more left. I might somewhere. I don't know. Oh, I, I sent you three of those, too. Yeah. Well, nice. I think we hand them out. Because whenever we have leftover beer for the show, I just give them to the guys after the show. I don't bring it home. So. <laughs> I, I think I have some in my All right. fridge. Still. All right. I was just oh, thinking. Brian Shar has it. Brian Shar still has it. I think I may have one in my fridge. Okay. See, I knew. I knew. I, I don't take anything home. I give. I give. I have too much beer at home, so I like to well, what happens spread is the you, wealth a little bit. Yeah, you give me these show beers, and then yeah. I, about two months later, I'm like, oh, that's a Dr. Homebrew beer in my fridge. That's right. That's but at right. least it's being stored cold. Yeah. Well, we can, try we can it. Locate that and break it out of jail and taste it. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. That's a That'd good be plan. Future show. Yeah. Right. Tell me if it's amazing. <laughs> okay. Thanks for sending it. All right, Rich. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Again. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right, dude. I appreciate we'll it. We'll talk thanks. to you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Cool. Okay. Yeah, not too shabby, huh? Not too shabby. Well done. I thought it was excellent. Some both, and so two hey. very good beers all together on this show. Yeah. Absolutely. At least your beer will taste good if you send it to Dr. Homebrew. That's right. Well, as far as you know, we'll see. Uh, all right. Is that it, Brian? I think so. I think we got everything. I think we're done. All right. Let's get out of here, everybody. This has been Dr. Homebrew. Thanks a lot for tuning in. If you're listening live for whatever reason, if there's nothing else going on in your life and you're sitting in your mom's basement when she's... Uh, in the closet next to you, if you know what I'm trying to say. You're wearing your um, PJs, playing Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Jason, so, why don't you're wearing, you get a job? You're wearing you your mom's PJs. Uh, we're going to take a, a man, five minute break. Well, no, actually, we have to judge more beer, so probably be another 20 minutes or so. Uh, and then we'll be right back. So hang on, everybody. This has been Dr. Homebrew, and, uh, you know, thanks. <laughs> 